Hey, you're listening to Guat Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. In the introduction to this podcast series, I told you that my mind was tangential in thinking. Tangential, by definition, means, among other things, diverging from a previous course or line, erratic. The definition is not too flattering, so a better way to describe my brain flow would be eclectic, but ultimately to the point. Eclectic means deriving ideas, style, or taste from a broad and diverse range of sources. The reason why I bring this up is when I launched Rocks one year ago this month, I purposely wanted to keep the podcast fluid and cover a multitude of subjects with the goals always being to advance equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. But my intentions were never to go to a heavy place and stay there. The introduction of the Wuhan virus in March took a toll on us all and has influenced this podcast. In the midst of such outlandish behavior by both the citizens and rulers of this country, you just have to address some heavy things sometimes. But you know what? We cannot live in such heaviness. God does not desire for us to live under a cloud. I have been working on a podcast of Psalm 73 because the words of that psalm are so timely and significant for our present situation. I recorded the entire show. I'm not happy with it. It's too boring. So what I'm going to do is shift gears for a moment and get eclectic and talk about something that meant so much to me as a kid and a young man, the stereo. Psalm 73 is very clear and self-explanatory. You don't need me to break it down. You need to listen to the recording of it that I have made, which will be the next episode, episode 32, and then find a quiet place somewhere to read it for yourself and let it be medicine for your soul. Anyway, the stereo. To talk about the stereo, I need to back up and give you a context of my beginning into electronics. My first memory of anything advanced was seeing, in person, a personal reel-to-reel tape recorder. It was like the tape recorder always featured at the beginning of the 1960s TV show Mission Impossible, when the main character Jim would receive his next mission from the personal reel-to-reel recorder then the tape in the machine would start smoking and destroy itself. I was around an older four-year-old at the oldest five years old. I know it was no later than early five years old because we moved from Arlington, Texas to Clinton, Maryland when I was five. Me and my sister, along with some other neighborhood kids, walked over to the 7-Eleven convenience store because we heard the guy at the counter had a machine that could record your voice and play it back. If you take some time to look up where we lived and where we walked to from the north end of Susan Drive to see the reel-to-reel tape recorder, you can immediately see that it was a different day. It was a long walk, especially for a preschooler. Context, my friend, a different day. The building appears to still be there, at least at the time of the Google Map snapshot. It's now called the Visa ATM on 312 South Watson Road in Arlington, Texas. Back in 1964, the freeway, the freeway wasn't built yet. It was just the north and southbound access roads 
that now border the freeway. When we got to the store, we told the man at the counter that we heard he had a machine that we could talk into and hear our own voice. He pulled a little reel-to-reel recorder out from under the counter, plugged in a little microphone, and recorded us talking. We were all amazed. We had never heard our voices recorded before. The first tape recorder I owned was a shoebox recorder. It was a mono with a little built-in microphone. It had push-button levers that allowed you to stop, start, go forward, and rewind and record. My earliest radio was a pocket transistor radio. It was the next big thing. Alan Sherman immortalized the device in his 1963 hit song, The Twelve Gifts of Christmas. His song, a spoof on the 12 days of Christmas, starts with the verse, On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a Japanese transistor radio. In the early days of electronics, Japan was the innovative world leader. Transistors were the precursor to the microprocessor and allowed the manufacturer to make electronics work on a much smaller platform. So to have a small transistor radio, mono of course, was a big deal. When I was a little kid, there were some people who were fortunate enough to own console stereos that would play LPs, which were long play vinyl records. My dad and mom did not own a stereo. They never owned a stereo when I was a kid. The first stereo that came to our home was the GE Wildcat stereo Santa Claus brought to my sister. It was December of 1969. I was 10 years old and in the fifth grade. Santa also brought my sister the Beatles album, Abbey Road. The stereo was only a vinyl LP player, no radio included. It was made out of molded plastic, a single cheap speaker, and a plastic shell on each side of a drop-down record changer. No sound batting in the speaker cabinet, just a plastic case holding a cheap speaker. But it was stereo. Since the speakers could not detach to get the true stereo effect, speakers need to be about six feet apart to get the full stereo experience, you had to put your head up into the stereo, hovering over the playing LP, and then you could hear it. Stereo. I can still remember listening to Abbey Road over and over with my head stuck up right against the machine. Of course, it was always when my sister wasn't home because I would have been yelled at to get out of her room. She was two and a half years older, and she was in seventh grade junior high. A hard time on a younger brother. My sister's famous words from then on were, Stay out of my room. My first foray into stereo was a cheap radio and turntable combination unit. It was a start, but it wasn't much. Next, I progressed to a Radio Shack amplifier, AM-FM receiver, and the MC-1000 speakers. I had asked my parents for gear that Christmas. My mom wrapped the speakers, but they were impossible to disguise. Before Christmas Day, I would unwrap one of the speakers when no one was home, hook it up to my old stereo, and listen to it under the tree. I thought it sounded so cool. I thought it sounded so cool until I heard JBL speakers. At the first cast party of our high school musical my junior year, I had brought my stereo for the post-production party dance. I thought I was really cool. Then a kid came up to me and he said that he had some speakers that would blow the doors off of mine. He asked me if I wanted him to go home and get them. I said, sure. 
He ran home and came back with a pair of JBL speakers that were half the size of mine. They blew the doors off of my Radio Shack speakers. By that time, I had advanced to the Radio Shack Nova 8 four-way floor cabinet speakers weighing in at 32 pounds each. Back in 1976, JBL speakers were studio monitor speakers that had been packed in a, or packaged in a walnut veneer. I bought my J- pair of JBL speakers, JBL L19, to 1977, the year they hit the market, my senior year in high school. They listed and sold for $150 a piece. In today's dollars, it was the equivalent to $1,282.68. $300 for the pair of speakers today would cost you $1,282.68. I put them in layaway at Sound Idea in Hearst, Texas, the first audiophile store in the Mid-Cities area of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Along with that, I bought a Kenwood KR4070 stereo 40-watt amplifier AM-FM receiver for $300. In today's dollars, that's another $1,282.68. Altogether, I paid the equivalent of $2,565.36. And I was working part-time at the Kmart Sporting Goods Store. Later, I bought a dual 504 German-made automatic belt drive turntable to play my vinyl LPs. It was a great audiophile piece of equipment. I paid about $250 for it. Today's dollars, $1,068.90. Altogether, total cost in today's dollars, I spent $3,624.26 on a part-time minimum wage high school job at $2.65 an hour. It took me a long time to pay the $850 on the gear that sat there in layaway. One of my sons asked me not too long ago what layaway was. Just Google it. To think that today we gripe about the cost of super high-end gear, that by comparison is a bargain. You think about gear like Sonos, Bose, and others, Amazing technology that wasn't even a dream back when I was a kid. From that point forward, it's been a blur in the audio realm. I remember the first time I heard a movie in surround sound. In July of 1985, my wife and I went to Houston Friday evening right after work for an overnight getaway and ended up at the Houston Galleria Mall really late, trying to find something to eat. We passed by the movie theater in the mall and they had a big standee out front promoting the just-released blockbuster movie, Back to the Future. The last show was about to start, so we darted in and watched the movie. I can still remember the sound of Marty McFly's guitar amp when he turned it all the way up, and then the loud explosion when he hit the first note on his guitar. Around 35 years ago, I, I asked an old man in my church if he had a good stereo to listen to music. He said he didn't care what the device was, that he used to listen to the music. He just liked to hear the music. I think the old man had a good point. It's funny things how things have come full circle. My son and I were working on some remodel work for my other son. He pulled his iPhone out of his pocket, opened up Spotify, and played music for us to listen to while we worked. Okay, Fidelity, great music, good times as a family, 
doing something significant together. It doesn't get any better than that, folks. My friend, I encourage you to take some time and reflect about God's blessings on your life from your past. As you do, it'll give you fuel for your days ahead. And with that, I bid you peace.